do not adjust your settings. Take your hands off the keys. Your search is over. These are the geeks you're looking for. You found Geek Watch One with Kylan and Ken. This is going to be quite a ride. That's a bad outfit. I love you. Me too, man. Hit me, hit me, my turn. Am I the meanest? Sure, yeah. Am I the prettiest? Sure, yeah. Am I the baddest mofo low down around this town? Sure, yeah. But who am I? Sure, yeah. The Shogun of Harlem. For what lies ahead, ready are you? We're police officers. We're not trained to handle this kind of violence. Hey, Geeksters, I'm Kylan. And I'm Ken. And you found Geek Watch 1. Welcome back, Geeksters, to Geek Watch 1 uh, from the remote locations today. Secret locations. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, secret locations. <laughs> so, dude, what you, I was shocked yesterday by the amount of people uh, that showed up yeah. at this. Uh, that, it, that was pleasantly surprising. It really was. Uh, it was packed, uh, the, the grand opening for the uh, Odd Mall Outpost was packed. And it yesterday didn't it didn't slow it down really was until uh we five probably about four or five four thirty five o'clock it started to slow down but there were still people there mm-hmm. yeah it, 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 there was a steady stream like we 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 were there we got there around 10 but of course it wasn't open at that point but i would say maybe about quarter two this influx of people showed yeah, up Yeah, people started wandering in thinking it was already open maybe and like i talked to a couple people and this one lady was like, your sign outside still says closed. And I said, well, technically we are. <laughs> but I mean, no one like stopped anyone from looking around or anything. So, And uh, pretty much within minutes of it being open, sales were being made. Yeah. So that, that was the even better part. It wasn't just people showing up to support Andy and the whole outpost venture. It was the fact that people were buying things and... A lot of them were people that we didn't recognize, like from Odd Mall or something like, yeah. you know, the usual crowd. It was a lot of there was some new people there for sure. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't familiar with a lot of people. I mean, obviously, there were Odd Mall yeah. and Con on the Cob people there, but I wasn't familiar with a lot of the people. And that, that's a good sign. You yeah, know, there's a lot that's of people. Really I don't know how they found out about it, but yeah. Well, because Andy's been yeah. been going on and on and it was a lot of um, community people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> I'm, I mean, I'm sure I obviously we don't get like their community newspapers because we're slightly out of the area but i'm sure he put ads in in the area papers and maybe talked to some local businesses or something but but yeah there were definitely some new people there who who just wanted to check the place out so i think that was awesome right and uh actually uh our friend diana's brother came up uh surprised her with a visit yeah, he lives in columbus he lives in columbus and so she was planning on coming and she said that when he walked in he goes this is weird. But then once he got into the story, he goes, but I like it. <laughs> and I'm like, I, and I think that's pretty much the odd mall response yeah. <laughs> that you want to get anyway. So yeah, that's everybody who ever walks into an odd mall event. And it did. It definitely looks like an odd mall. Yeah. Yes. Well, there was a couple that walked around. Remember it being a church. Mm-hmm. So she mm-hmm. was a little surprised. Yeah. And, well, and the thing is. is, that's that's what I think will get his will get the attention too from people who don't know it. Like. I, I think there's going to be people driving by going, oh, look, that's a church, but it has a purple spire. And 
and it says odd. What is this? And they might drive in because of that, you know. Right. But it was definitely a good time. And like um, our friend Carmen was there performing. We saw her perform. So that was cool. He had uh, musicians and such mm. and face painting and massages. And there was a bit of everything there. Yeah. yeah. And the workshops. Yeah. Vicky didn't have um, really didn't have had one person actually make a pendant with her. But okay. Uh, but she was able to actually um, work more on her painting. And it actually that worked, I think, more better than the demo did. Because they right. actually, she had a lot of people just walking up watching her paint and being just loving seeing it. That's cool. And that, and that's part of what Outpost is about, too. It's not like it's not only a shop. Obviously, that's its prime purpose. But it's there to have demos, to have workshops, to have gaming, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's a it's kind of an all in one, much like any odd mall you go to. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what Ken was saying earlier. He's like, maybe we should do stuff like this more often. Of like what Georgie does, the live painting and the live stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you just have demos, you don't make it an official workshop where people have to pay for something or that, but just have someone there doing things mm-hmm. that that gets attention. And and it also, you know, just brings people in to browse around. Because, I mean, a lot of us do crafts and arts in anyway, so it would be something fun yeah. for all of us. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it you could end up having something like... Um, what Crystal used to do at her shop, having like a weekly craft night sort of thing, just to bring people in and bring whatever you're working on. Right. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. Overall, it was definitely a success for, for so good, good to go for Andy and and everyone involved. Absolutely. Even stray dog ran out of food. I went to go get lunch and he was, he was packing up leaving. (laughs) That was like two o'clock. Wow. I'm glad I got one. I got, I got, I got him one earlier. I was just like, I'm going to go get something. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad I did too. Cause, cause, uh, well, you know, well, there were people, there he was, was the exclusive, he was the exclusive food vendor. So, right. mm-hmm. I mean, there, there was a steady stream of people coming out for, for, uh, for food. Yeah. So even in a bit of rain, like you don't mind going out there for a no, hot dog no. or some chili or something. So, no. Yeah. So that worked out well, well for I know, him. uh, Charlie said he, uh, Charlie said that he was, uh, talking with Andy and they, they're working about something possibly to do with the kitchen down in the basement. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was something that um, was it, Greg? Uh, the uh, that that was mentioned to me too because their idea is uh, as gaming groups get together of opening the kitchen and doing like um, doing like maybe bowling alley type foods down, Snacks, down there. Basically, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. I mean, if you're going to have someone doing some games for two, three, four hours at a shot, you're going to need food at some yeah. point. <laughs> and they're wanting to open uh, the other uh, what the rooms that they're using for storage right now. They want to open those up to be private gaming rooms as well. Eventually. Yeah, yeah the yeah. gaming room they did finish in the basement is awesome looking. Yeah. Yes. I mean, even the main room is pretty awesome. There's, you know, there's like, what, three Small tables, a big table, the ping pong table. There, there's a lot Darts, going on already. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. And that's just right down the hall from the from the games library. Yeah. So yeah. if you ever wanted to see a lot of games, just head to the outpost, go to the basement, and ask them where the games library yeah. is. Well, I gave Andy a bunch of pictures. I actually took some video with the brand new Gandersnitch for um, Gandersnitch walking around the show. So he's he's actually introducing the different parts of the store and things. That's yeah, he just cool. got back from the Goblin War. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there is a brand new Gandersnitch. Uh, Rob Turk, who's the manager of Gandersnitch, was planning on retiring Gandersnitch, but he has found a way to do it and actually still enjoy doing the character. Yeah. Yes. Although he did scare a child and it was kind of hilarious. 
He was doing everything he could to make the kid um, really like Gandersnitch, but it's it a, a scary little puppet. <laughs> and that, yes, the new Gandersnitch, the goblin, is a puppet now. Yeah, well, he was in, he and, was in the Goblin War. That's all that's left of him. Yeah, that's what's left of him. He was shrunken in the Goblin War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he lost half his body. <laughs> Rob went to school for theater and stuff, but he's he said he had never done a puppet before this. But you cannot tell. He's, no, he's his really skill good. with Gandersnitch there. I would put it almost to like um, Muppet level skill on mm-hmm. actually having a character sitting there. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, he already lives the character, mm-hmm. so that part's not difficult for him. He said he said the most difficult part was actually doing the mouth movements yeah. to make sure everything fits. And he, well, because he said apparently, like he's realizing that he needs to work out more. Yeah. He, oh yeah. He, I, I saw his uh, his Facebook post at the end of the day yesterday. He's like he didn't realize how difficult it was in terms of just holding up a puppet and moving it mm-hmm. during the course of a few hours. Yeah, that's true. Well, also, he was saying how uh, he was um, he's having a hard time right now. He still can't, like, do an interview where it's like him against Gandersnitch. Right. Because he's got to right now when he's talking and his hands moving, he's got to realize he's got to stop when it's not Gandersnitch talking. Yeah. Which is hard to do. (laughs) And because it's two different voice. It's completely different voice for Gandersnitch. Right. Yeah. He has to think about his own voice when he's talking and Gandersnitch when the when the mouth is moving. Yeah. And the hands only move when it's Gandersnitch. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's going to cool. be awesome. It was, it was fun to have him there. It was. Well, he is. He's not going to be. He's not going to be at next week's show in Akron, but he no. will be back with us on um, next in Toledo. Uh, he yeah. will be there for at least one or two days at Con of the Cobb, and he will be there um, in December for Odd Mall. Yeah. All right. Cool. And, so. and the other cool thing was that we did, we did have some cosplayers show up as well. Um, when was that? At the beginning. We, oh wait, yeah, Scooby Doo. Yeah, like. Scoot, uh, Shaggy was there from Scooby-Doo, who shows up at a lot of our odd malls. Um, and a couple of the pirates from Rusty Cutlass were there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we had a few other people dressed up. So it was very cool that people did just just for the sake of, you know, joining in the celebration and just doing the odd mall thing, they decided to cosplay. Right. And the last band was pretty cool, too. Yeah, you guys missed – you guys were not there for Miss Dreadful, were you? Right. That's no, the new no, gothy, bluesy type. And I didn't see it as much goth, but then they were acoustic. She had, I think Jonathan was, it was Jonathan and Rachel. Jonathan actually uh, was playing a 12-string guitar, and Rachel had a six-string. Oh, it was all okay. acoustic. So uh, they are they are going to be part of the Odd Mall Entertainment. I'm not sure for next week. i got to get a hold of Mike and make sure that if we have room on the schedule for him for next week. But other than that, they will be at Odd Mall anytime I can get them there. Oh, and so, Carmen is set for both days of Odd yes. Mall next week. All right. Well, she, I, t- I let her know yesterday, and she seemed excited. She's actually bookending the show. She'll be opening the show on Saturday and closing on Sunday. Exactly. Awesome. Way She'll to go. come by and see some ukulele and guitar work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I told her to bring whatever instruments she wants. We'll be able to mic or plug in everything she has. So uh, and, anything and she wants also, to do for the show. She's also invited Kylan if he wants to do backup on Cowbell for a couple songs. <clears throat> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, you got to make sure you warm up that cowbell because in third on in Toledo, the odd mall band comes back together. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> got to get practice. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah, I've been I've been kind of I don't, I don't know if it's the same skill set, but, you know, the time on the heavy bag, I don't know if that <laughs> helps. But, you know, we'll see. <laughs> Works up those wrists and those hands and arms. There you go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the other reminder. Next, next, well, this, this weekend actually is uh, 
Odd Mall Rubber City Rumpus yeah, at yes. Derby Downs in Akron. Um, so that's Saturday and Sunday outdoors. We're crossing our fingers. We're not getting any uh, residual rain from any hurricanes on the weekend. Yeah. This is, the last two days have been interesting because this summer has not been an extremely rainy summer. I mean, it's not been – we've not had a yeah. drought. But it's not yeah. been extremely rainy. And the last couple days have just been torrential rain all day for yeah. all the days. Yeah, so it's been interesting. But, yeah, so that's we've got that coming up this weekend. And, you know, costume contest both days, pet contest. Pets yes. are always welcome anyway. <laughs> Food trucks and you can ride the soapbox cars down the hill for five bucks a shot. And uh, the car show. Yeah, yes, a car. Andy has a lot of cars lined up apparently for the car show. So yeah, well, it'll be interesting. He, he said he had, got a hold of a lady who actually runs car shows. Yeah, so she's going to yep. be looking for stuff that's actually specifically for uh, geek style um, for or geek type cars. Yeah, exactly. So we we have no idea what's going to be there till we get there. So. Right. So <laughs> it's like a box of chocolates. You never you know, know what you're going to get. get. <laughs> Okay. But no, the car show is going to be amazing. Well, that and also don't forget, you talk about this weekend. Friday is my opener for High Arts Fest. Now, you can only vote if you're in Akron, but um, Vicky has a piece in the Akron High Arts Festival uh, that the, the voting is all done online. And I guess you have an app you can get uh, from them. Mm-hmm. But the opener is is the 14th, 530 to 10. There are food trucks and music and a whole bunch of stuff. Yes, down at the Akron Art Space on um, this Friday, or actually two days from now, and on Friday, you come down and just have a good time and check out the art. Uh, art and music and this is high arts for this is art uh regular traditional art but also music short films anything that poetry. is a type of art poetry music oh. 2d 3d all of it's included 250 entries so that's wow. the the art space is on market right yes at the corner of market street and summit basically a right. block away from the akron art museum but uh yeah it's high art high arts.org is the website for all the information about this cool so you can actually download the app right from there. Very cool. So we get to see how um, people think Vicky's snacks up against the other art that's out there. I mean, it, <laughs> it's probably partially a uh, partially it's going to be popularity if you're going to vote for the people you know. But it's still going to be great. It's great that she's getting into these like gallery shows and stuff. True. Very cool. So because all of these are um, are uh, judged, so you have to actually get uh, past the judging to get into the show. Yep. Right. Right. I want to save up and be able to get my studio space. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, but I think that's all we're doing at the moment, isn't it? That's all the homegrown news at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, that's yeah. That, that's what we have coming up. I mean, uh, uh, we got uh, Flaming River. Yeah, we do have. Well, what is that? I um, Dawn told me about that the other day, kind of, but I didn't tell me what it actually is. It's a well, it's a it's a local convention. It's a first year convention up around Rocky River, I believe it is, um, and it is uh, a. LBGT. It's an all-inclusive convention. Yes, that's um, geek-related. Uh, it's like he said. It's it's the first time they're doing it. It's on the twenty-second, September twenty-second, a Saturday. It's only one day, and they're doing it in. Uh, it is at Rocky River at the West Shore Unitarian Universalist Church. Okay. And yeah, it's it's basically a, a all-inclusive LGBTQ. Um, geek convention and we have we actually know some people that have been at uh vended at odd mall that are vendors there and it's it's completely family friendly it's free but uh, of course a suggested donation much like the odd malls do and they're going to have all sorts of panels and kylan actually got asked to be a moderator on one of the panels Uh, for afrofuturism which i'm pretty jazzed about yeah 
So uh, it's only his name happened to come up in conversation. So we figure it's one of the vendors or people that we know who's on their board that actually suggested mm -hmm. him. Well, they probably so, just seen oh, you darn, doing that your gives panels. me a reason to do research and buy books. Yeah, well, and go to a convention. And go to a convention. <laughs> As Vicky just said, it could be someone that actually saw you do one of the panels at Odd Mall or Connor the Cobb. It's true. It's true. So I'm jazz. I mean, I, I, I have never done a panel on uh, Afrofuturism, and I have some knowledge, but you know, I, I've heard uh, that the term. internet helps, and so do, so well, I have time to prepare. I've so, heard that term, but what is Afrofuturism? Afrofuturism is an aesthetic that uh, embraces. Uh, I would say African and uh, African and uh, African American multiculturalism uh, in the, in the forms of science fiction, fantasy, and also fashion and uh, music. Uh, a great example of it is Black Panther. That's, what That's I was probably about the to most say. prominent example. Yeah, kind of, of like it. the the modern spin on traditional culture. Right. And in okay. a way, it's it's very reminiscent of a steampunk idea, right. but using an African aesthetic. Right. Cool. But it's been around. It's been around for quite a while, and it's it's another one of those things, much like steampunk, that didn't have a term until a few years ago. Right. But it's always it's been around for quite a while. Yeah, I think the the term didn't come around to like 1992, 1993, yeah. but there have always been examples of it prior to. So so yeah, so we don't we don't know what time the panel is or anything yet, but it'll be on that Saturday. Yeah, yeah, um, that's the twenty second or twenty second or twenty third. Twenty second. Twenty second. Twenty second. Um, and I looked um, them up. If you look up Flaming River Con, they could take you to their Facebook page. I don't know if they have an actual website or not. They they do have a website. It's flamingriverarts.org. Okay. But basically, you go to Flaming River Con on Facebook, or the they also have the event posting there on Facebook. And they they regularly post who new vendors are, if there, there's going to be artists there, that kind of thing, too. So all the information is there, and um, maybe we'll see you guys there. Yeah. <laughs> Come up and see Kylan. Kylan, maybe you, you know what? We have all these fabled side hug from a black man. Well, <laughs> you might be able to get one if you find Kylan. Uh, we'll get him a T-shirt. There's time to get him a T-shirt that says hug machine or something. <laughs> In rainbow lettering. There you go. You know, I would totally rock that. I would totally rock that. You're going to get a lot of hugs if we do that. That's, I'm fine. <laughs> I, I was one of those people that... Uh, jumped in line and got my copy of Spider-Man and <laughs> the game the game yeah. and oh my god it is the best Spider-Man game ever made yeah, that's what I've heard Vernon said he picked it up too it, 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 it honestly feels like you're playing the, a comic book in the best in the best sense of it all except yeah. it's super immersive uh, I haven't really gotten much of a chance to explore the city. I think I've been in Manhattan for the most part. But, you know, you can actually go as far as the East Village. And I think there's like a pride parade down there. Uh, there's, of course, Manhattan. Uh, there's uh, you can visit uh, Dr. Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum. You can visit uh, Avengers Tower. There's like all these. The graphics are pretty awesome. Oh, it's amazing. They really, and the, the movements of Spider-Man and Peter Parker, it's, they're, they're really good. Yes. Swinging the, way I heard it the way I heard it described was it's um, the play style is similar to what they did with the Arkham games. That's what I've heard. Like I, I've only played one Arkham game. And the thing was that 
I was playing it on my PC, so I didn't have the best experience with it. But that I, I I've heard that's very open world, especially like I yeah. think Ark City. But the fighting so, style yeah, stuff yeah. in it also just the, the the button combinations, the way you do things. Yes, yes, yes. similar layouts and so, stuff. And speaking so. of games, I dragged Kylan to the Cleveland Pinball Show on Friday afternoon. Ah, oh, I wish darn. I had time to go, dude. I had the I found got a flyer like two weeks ago from the comic shop, and I wanted to go. Yeah. I just wasn't able to get up there. We 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 got it from the comic shop too, and um. Since I was off all this past week, and Kylan went and took a half day on Friday, so we went up, and, uh, okay, as, of course we had a good time, because we always do. <laughs> At 20 bucks to be able to play all you want is, like, the best deal ever for pinball. Yeah. Um, they did have some video games, too, a lot of classic ones, like Donkey Kong and Burger Time and Zaxxon and all these old ones. Um, but I got to play the new Deadpool pinball that I talked about a couple weeks ago. Oh, nice. And I played it about, like, five times. And it's so much fun, and it's got like all the all the snarky comments from Deadpool, um, all the stuff that goes on on the screen, all the eight bit stuff. It's it really is a good game, not just for the sake of it being Deadpool, but um, it it's really it's really bright and it's got a lot of flash and stuff going on. But it really is an actually a good game with all the the different options you have. So I was really glad that they had, they had a, quite a few actual new this year games there. Yeah. Um, that you could actually play. So that was very cool. Uh, and, uh, they also of course had some classic games. They had a game. I was telling Don that I had not played since, honestly, I think probably the last time I played, it must've been 1980, maybe 1989. Because it was one of those video games that you just never see anywhere. Mm-hmm. And they had this one machine that was like 60 games in it. And there it was. And oh. What was it, it Neo I, Geo? No, it, it was called uh, Nunchaku. Okay. And uh, well, all right, kids, earmuffs. It's a, <laughs> it was, it, it's a fighting game, uh, sort of similar to Kung Fu Master. Uh, and so you, as you advance the levels, once you clear the screen, like there's this woman that you're trying to save. And as the game progresses, she's wearing fewer and fewer clothes. Okay. <laughs> like, I, I, and I don't know how far it ever got because the closest I ever got was I got her down to a bikini. Um, and this was an arcade uh, game? Ninjas. Huh? This is an arcade game? Yes. It was an arcade game, yes. Yeah. So of course this is an eight bit bikini, so 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 this is but this no, is no. the this is the Leisure no, Suit Larry of fighting games. So it was like better than that. Okay. Yeah. Kylan, so this was the Leisure Suit Larry of of um fighting games. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. of course he would find out of all the games, all the pinball and classic video games that are at this place, Kylan would find that one. <laughs> I would. Yeah. I would. <laughs> so and uh, of course, um, yeah, I got I got to get my Galaga fix, and uh, and I and I played a really awesome Star Wars pinball game, and they also had the classic Star Wars stand up uh, video game where you're, you know, during the doing the uh, run on the Death Star. So nice. yeah, they has a really they had these. Oh, great actually, old- for okay, for a band that I absolutely hate. Metallica had a really good pinball game. <laughs> oh, I've heard about that. Their pinball machine was, was supposed to be awesome. It, 
Yeah, it's it's a newer one, and it even has like Eddie at the very end. And if your ball hits him, it electrocutes him, and like you get all these little, wait, 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 little wait. sparky lights going off. Eddie? That you, they you said sure it was Eddie. And you it sure was it wasn't Iron Maiden? No, it wasn't Eddie Iron was Maiden. Iron Maiden. The little guy at the end's name was Eddie. Hmm. And it was Metallica. <laughs> okay. Uh. That's who they were electrocuting, <laughs> and and um. It was he just like, it, th- thankfully the volume wasn't up, so I didn't have to listen to the music. But it was a, it was a really good game. So I guess you got to ride the lightning, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they had some old classic ones there, too, where, you know, you could actually tell how many points you got because you only got like 10 points per ping or whatever. Yeah. Nice. I, played, I played a couple of really old ones, too. I was happy with that. But yeah, so that was that was the good time we had on Friday. Awesome. Well, <laughs> we're getting pretty deep into this. What's going on in the news? There's a couple of well, big stories a, I got too, but I think you probably have them also. There was there was there was a few big stories, and of course I try to avoid those because everyone's already seen and read about them. So, a couple of the other ones that I have, uh, there wasn't a lot of really interesting stuff this week, but we did find out that Henry Cavill has been cast as the lead in the Netflix Witcher series. Yes, um, which of course is based on the games, which are based on the novels. Um, the, the lead, is it is focusing on Geralt of Rivia, uh, who's uh, the lead in the majority of the games, um, the, the monster hunter. Um, and apparently uh, both the creators of the games and the author of the novels are uh, kind of consultants for the series, not necessarily writers or anything like that, but actually consulting on the series. So there's no, obviously no production yet. It, they're thinking... It'll be on Netflix by sometime next year. Um, but that's kind of all the details we have. So it's, it's kind of a big name to get for a Netflix show like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's what's kind of cool about the way uh-huh. the unions are working with the acting now. Since they've joined the unions, you got a lot. We've mentioned this before. You get a lot of movie people crossing over, doing a short run TV series and going right back to movies. Right. So it's all one organization exactly. now. Exactly. Um, and st- keep it with Netflix if you're if you're into this sort of thing, into their original shows. Um, BoJack Horseman season five starts this week. It's on. Uh, it starts on Friday. I have to admit, I didn't think I'd like it at first when I watched it because it's an odd kind of animated show. But it's it's an adult cartoon, adult situations, shall we say, um, with uh, anthropomorphic animals living in the real world. And uh, BoJack Horseman is a has been actor, and it's. It's just weird. It's a it's an odd show. Will Arnett voices BoJack, um, but it's it's made it to season five. So season five starts this Friday. Cool. Um, another thing we have for uh, fans of the original Superman the movie is returning to theaters in November to celebrate its fortieth anniversary. Oh, that would be it's, awesome! It's been forty years already. <laughs> wow. Um. So, yeah, it'll be on November 25th. So far, it looks like it's a one-night-only sort of thing. It's being put on by Fathom Events. Okay. Yeah, and it's probably going to be one night. Yeah, and there's no confirmed locations. They do already have it, like, listed on Fandango and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but they don't have any locations confirmed yet. Um, usually, with within a month of it coming out, they'll confirm them and put the tickets on sale. So, But that's, uh, I guess that would be Thanksgiving weekend, November 25th. That's I think so. Yeah. So uh, it's a good time to go because everyone will have a holiday. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But but yeah, so 40th anniversary of the original. It hasn't said anything about 
Uh, I didn't see anything in the article I found about like remastering or anything, but usually they do try to spruce it up a little bit if they're putting it back in theaters. Yeah, well, I know it's it's going to be on the new DC Universe uh, streaming service, and a lot of the other stuff that they're putting up there have gotten up to HD upgrades. I know Wonder Woman, the original Wonder Woman series, Batman the Animated Series, and Supergirl all got HD upgrades already. So this they may be debuting the HD upgrade of this. That that's true. That's true. I mean, and and it's a good time to do it anyway for both the service and the fact that you want to put it back in theaters. So, yeah. um, so that'll it's it's likely you could you could get a sellout on that relatively quickly because they're already talking about it. So, mm-hmm. well, that's we'll, one we'll of those keep movies. our eyes open. That was one of those late seventies movies that made a huge splash when it hit, and it actually lived up to its tagline. If you actually watch it, then because the tagline for yeah. the movie was "You will believe a man can fly," and if you watch that movie in the late seventies and all through the eighties, it was really convincing. Yeah, the effects for the time were good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, really, if you think about it, Superman isn't really a man, is he? He's an alien. Well, he's an alien. Well, yeah. So technically, so technically, he's not. Well, it's, it's not saying you believe a man can fly. It comes out, just yeah. saying. But it comes down to, just does man exclusively mean human? Yes. <laughs> it does. Yes, it does. Because big yes, is not does. human. I mean, that's where man comes from. Mankind, <laughs> yeah. human. <laughs> yeah, you get like you can't walk. It's, you can't just like show up on on uh, the planet Kronos and call Klingon a man because that's a good way to get stabbed. <laughs> there you go. So I'm just saying. Well, that's just no, part of the culture. I, I, I will say, Star Trek did teach me early about the importance of multiculturalism. If you think about it, because mm-hmm. you could just like call. I mean, because a man is a strictly human concept. Mm-hmm. So, see, so yeah, so no, he's not a man. <laughs> okay. You'll believe an alien can fly, but there you, you probably go. already believed it. Exactly. <laughs> That's one thing that seems like a lot of people just don't, it doesn't click in their head that Superman is actually an alien. <laughs> yeah, an illegal alien at that, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Undocumented. Undocumented. No, they had documents for him. They, they may no, have been forged, fake. but they had the documents. <laughs> they're fake. How, how can you prove it that his world exploded? <laughs> Show me the birth certificate. <laughs> so moving on, what else did you have deported? here? Huh? Does that mean exactly. he gets deported? Deport Superman. <laughs> yeah, you, you're going to be the one that walks up with the papers and says, okay, I got to make you leave. Go ahead, try uh, it. You know what? Superman is a good guy and always does what's right. That's so the he problem. He probably would. I think they've done this story before. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, the the last thing I have is something that I just thought was really funny. Um I guess the uh the nominations for People's Choice Awards recently came out and uh Ryan Reynolds decided to start a beef between uh Deadpool 2 and Paddington 2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> he started he started a Twitter beef. Um cuz Deadpool 2 is up for best movie and best action movie. So Ryan Reynolds actually tweeted, so honored by all the people's choice noms. Hope you vote for Deadpool 2 and feel free to write us in for best family film because watch your effing back, Paddington. (laughs) (laughs) So the Paddington account (laughs) replied simply with hashtag hard stare, which if you've seen the Paddington movie, he just stares at you when he's mad. Um, and then Hugh Bonneville, who plays the dad in the Paddington movies, replied with language, Mr. Reynolds, language. 
So, so yeah, there's there's apparently a beef between Deadpool and Paddington at this point. <laughs> I want the meme with um, De- with Paddington standing over top of Deadpool in bed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, 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 no. You just see a shelf on the wall, and it's got a unicorn and Paddington both sitting on the shelf. Uh, there you go. Or, or you know, Paddington's head on a trophy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think I think that would be funny if people actually started writing in Deadpool 2 for the nomination. Well, I mean, he did point out it is a family movie. It is. It's not what you would typically think of as a G-rated family movie, but it is a family, family movie. It's a movie so. about family. So it's a family movie. Um, oh my God. Anyways, uh, Google People's Choice Awards because voting is open now. So go ahead and, and uh, write in Deadpool 2 for Best Family Movie. <laughs> That's the stories I got. Okay. Um, well, I just wanted – actually, there was just one I'm going to hit real quick because we we're, we got to get on to what we're actually talking about. But um, I found it interesting um, that – and it's quick that the Oscars has decided to change their mind. <laughs> yes. Yes. Over the backlash for this popular movie film category, they've decided to postpone the popular film category. (laughs) Postpone. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because the the actual release from them said, while remaining committed to celebrating a wide spectrum of movies, the Academy announced today that it will will not present the new Oscars category at the upcoming 91st Awards. The Academy recognizes that implementing any new award nine months into the year creates challenges for films that have already been released. The Board of Governors considers or continues to be actively engaged in discussions and will examine and seek additional uh, input regarding this category. So they tried to find a way to save face and still say, oh, we messed up. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have announced it because there's movies already out. That doesn't make the movies less popular. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, and you know what? It, it, it is interesting that they did this uh, about a week or so, a, a week or two weeks after Marvel said they were gunning for best picture for Black Panther. Yes. They, it's almost like the Oscars thought, well, maybe uh, Marvel and some of these other studios that are in Legendary is another big one that make all these popular film, quote unquote, films. Uh, maybe they'll just they'll settle for this. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So the next the next thing to wait for is to see what the nominations actually are um, when they come out for best picture and that yeah. kind of thing. I, and this whole category to me was reeking of um, trying to find a way to get people to actually watch their show. Yeah, no kidding. Because the ratings have been dropping drastically every year on that thing. And that and that's why they might end up nominating certain popular films for best picture or best screenplay because they'll get people to watch that way. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I found that one kind of interesting. It's like, we got to talk on that a little bit because we've been talking about it <laughs> off and on since the beginning of it. True, true. So, so. what you got, Kylan? No, I'm just, I, I just can't believe that they, well, I, you know what? The thing is, there's no reason why Black Panther should be up there. If for there's for, for for best for for you said best no reason they should be there or no reason they should be I said be there's there. no reason why it shouldn't be. Shouldn't okay. Be, shouldn't. I mean, no, well, there's yeah, no reason the why it should be. Yeah, because I, I mean, I know we've talked about why before, but mm-hmm. you know what? The, I feel like I, I feel like that the powers that be are trying to find a reason to not give it. Yeah. Well, they're trying to find a reason to keep, quote unquote, geek movies out of the best picture contention. And right. this was their way of doing it by calling right. them popular yeah. right. and giving them their own category. And then, like I said, it was segregation. Right. Yeah, yeah it is. 
It's genre so, movies is what they, the way they try to say yeah, it. Yeah, genre movies, yeah. Well, so I mean, you know, they, the movies that get chosen are genre movies, too. Yeah, they, they, just, just have, they just happen to all be dramas. You're right. They're all dramas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but from there, now is the time, guys, that we have to say spoiler, 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 spoiler alert. If you have That's not right. seen yeah. Iron Fist, continue listening because we'll tell you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> So Iron Fist season two. And at this point, I was I did a little bit of looking. It's like at the end of this ser- season, they are totally off book. Yeah, relatively. <laughs> relatively. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. But they, they pretty much are. They did have a shorter season of 10 episodes. And for me, that actually helped the pacing. There's nothing yes. in there that felt like a filler episode. Every episode flowed into the next one, ready to go, ready to go into the next one. And it actually felt to me like a better flow for the season. You only had one story over the whole thing. It did compared to the first season. I think because of a lot of the comments they got about the slower pacing of the first season, that's why they made sure to make it a little tighter. Um, And also because I think as, as we know from having watched and having seen all of the criticism from the first season, people didn't get why it had different pacing than the other three shows. Well, and, yeah, I think the pacing was better than the other shows also, because the other ones also we've mentioned how at a 12 episode season or 13 episode season, there's two or three episodes that you could just cut out of those and drop it to 10. I haven't, I haven't found that in most of them. Um, I, uh, I think this was more a comparison to the first season and how the whole Zen thing and focusing on Danny's journey was just slow for some people. Yeah. And now Danny has come into himself and he knows more about who he is. Even though he goes off to find himself again. Yes. Uh, but- Which we got to get into that at the end. We'll wait to the end to talk about that last yeah. 20 minutes of the show. Yeah. Because everything <laughs> went off the rails of the last 20 minutes of that show. <laughs> that it, last but, um, episode was something, but yeah. Yeah, it was. It was basically, what, four different storylines that intertwined this entire show? Yeah. Yeah. And um, and the Colleen B storyline there, really, it seemed like it had nothing to do with anything until you get to the very, very end. And they pay it uh, off a little and bit. That's- yeah, that's just it. One of the comments that some people have made about this season was that one of the reasons it worked was because it didn't just focus on Danny and it had so many other characters. I would almost say there the Danny a- storyline was almost a B story compared to the rest of the stuff and how everything got about equal st- screen time. It, yeah, it, it really did. And it, it's kind of like Danny's story was there to tie everyone together. Right. Ultimately, and because he is was the Iron Fist (laughs) (laughs) and the progression through the series is when you discover why there's been so much focus on Colleen and you see so much of her fighting Mm -hmm. both on her own and with Danny and with Misty. There's a reason. Right. And talk about the fighting. It's interesting. uh, uh, Say talking about the fighting. It was interesting this time that really looking at it, there's only. One Japanese fighting style in the entire show. The rest of it was all Chinese this time. It said last time yeah. we had a lot of Japanese, a lot of Chinese fighting back and forth and stuff. Colleen's the only Japanese martial artist in this entire series that I know of. Right. All the rest was all well, versions and, of Kung Fu. And right. and you have to you have to note that I mean you had they were in Chinatown. Yeah. Right. So it was a little more specific to mm-hmm. what was going on between the gangs. Exactly. And I called her background a long time ago, at the yeah. beginning of this season. Yeah. yeah and um. And- I mean there there was. It, it was kind of obvious that there was something more to her than just a coincidental meeting and, a, you know, just being skilled in the martial arts. And I, there, there was more there that they had to get to eventually. Right. 
Like, uh, and I mean, her story, they, they've changed it from the way it is in the comics. Because I think in the comics, she actually, she, when you first meet her, she still has a relationship with her dad. Mm-hmm. Or her dad was the one who trained her. Right. And basically, she ends up taking over her dad's import business, which she changes into something else. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it was cool that, to, it was cool to see that, as far like as far as the fighting went, that it was it, it, it seemed more. Is that I don't know if they just got another choreographer, but the fighting seemed seemed to flow better. It seemed to be more definitely more realistic, especially like uh, when you looked at Davos and the way he fought, and he has such a brutal, uh, an aggressive fighting style. Uh, as opposed to Danny, who where and it was interesting because for Davos and Danny to have been trained and raised the same way, Danny was definitely more merciful in his fighting, and you definitely got to see that more, see more of that this time. Uh, and I think maybe, but the they, difference was Davos's mom. Yeah, she told Davos you couldn't be merciful, and that's why Danny was never going to face the dragon, and and Davos always had to basically just make the move and do it and right. show no mercy. He, yeah, that, okay, it was like Cobra Kai going on here, okay? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was, and, and the thing with the mother, I was surprised because the mother didn't understand that, like, even though a dragon is powerful, uh, at, at least in Chinese culture, the dragon represents wisdom. So for as powerful as he, as he is, he's also known to be more tactical or more wise, uh, and I think, and that's the reason why I believe Danny was the one that was chosen because Danny was smart enough to use, the, like in the sun chamber, to use sun, the sunlight, uh, basically as his weapon against Davos, mm-hmm. whereas Davos was just using pure strength and pure aggression, and you know, and that that's Danny something. was using strategy, and Danny was using strategy, yeah. which and that that was because that is what was necessary to defeat. Shaolu as opposed to just pure strength. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, the thing is because of Davos's mom, she couldn't see that and therefore Davos couldn't see it. Davos, even though he never actually said it, he still sees Danny as an outsider. He calls him brother, but he still sees him as an outsider. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that that's part of the reason why he never really accepted Danny as being the Iron Fist. Well, mm-hmm. you gotta so. think Davos was raised since birth to be like this, and Danny was not. Right? Yeah, exactly. He considers it his birthright. Like that's that's yeah. it. That's what he lives for. That's <laughs> all he reason, is. The whole reason he was put on this world was to be the Iron Fist. So what's the exactly. chances? That's why Danny got it because he was supposed to take the dragon to its rightful owner. Right. Right. Yeah. If that, I mean, because that I mean, you don't you don't go to the extremes of that ritual that Davos went through. Right without being completely committed to nothing else in your life. <laughs> right, exactly. You know. It explains the different color fists, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I that's mean, really, because, cool. I mean, Davos had, had the anger and almost the evil side with the red fists. Right. Rage. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the one thing yeah. I did notice towards the end, I finally clicked that every one of the, there was, the, we know there's at least three storylines, there's really four storylines, but um, the um, the Mary story, uh, the Mary and um, Joy story wasn't, as big as the, some of the other ones, but this whole, or actually it, it fits in there too. This whole season is like, if you could break it down to one word, it's all about addiction. Yep. 
Yeah. From Danny being addicted to using the power of the fist and it's starting to change him. Davos is addicted to um, all about revenge and he ha- he's been slighted he had to do this. Um, Ward, it's right on his sleeve the whole time he's in this right. show. Uh, it's just the whole show this season was about addiction. Yeah. Right. It was. So and it, uh, no, go ahead. No, it's, go ahead. No, wait, and it, and it was, and it took um, it, it took uh, it took Danny. I don't know, maybe having it taken away for him, for him to finally see. I mean, because you know he was going out every night, mm-hmm. and the truth is, he was starting to like handing out beatdowns. He was, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I mean, it, it comes down to that the conversation he had with Ward yeah. when Ward asked him what it was like to have it and he explained it to him and ward was like yeah i understand that completely because of ward's own addictions yes and i think danny was just like that was eye-opening for him too to realize Mm. that that's what it was yeah which kind of brought him and ward closer together yeah and i i have to admit i started to really like the scenes where because danny was able to bring something likable out of ward Mm -hmm. like when ward's by himself he's a jerk but, Ward is an absolute dick. He didn't yeah. change from season one at all in that regard. Yeah. No, he, he did. is still Ward in season two, but, and that's, that's, and that's true. But Danny, like the the interactions this season between Ward and Danny, like I don't know if, if Danny finally made Ward to finally made Ward finally gain some insight, even though Ward doesn't like talking about Chi. <laughs> that he says he <laughs> don't doesn't. Give me that. I'll kick. I'll kick your ass. Yeah. Give me that crap. He doesn't like it. But it did something for him. He kind him. of understands yeah. the meaning behind well, it. Yeah. I'd say that's almost that's kind of a mark of the um, good writing in this series that or this season that Ward didn't have any major changes between last season and this season, except that his character didn't change, but he knows that it's there now. Yeah. yeah. And he's trying he's, to change. He's he's trying to be a better person. He's not just all about himself. He's mm-hmm. not yeah. He's not as greedy as he was. His his personality and attitude hasn't changed that much. It's just that that kind of like hard edge greed has has kind of trickled away a little bit. And especially by the end when he's actually trying to make amends mm-hmm. um, with his I, quasi girlfriend, um, soon to be baby mama, uh, <laughs> when he's trying to make amends with her and she's just like, no, I can only take care of two people. Yeah. Um, and he realizes that he does still kind of need to take care of himself Mm -hmm. before he can have that responsibility. That is a cautionary um, thing out of this, that anybody who's having problems with this, if you're in one of an organization like NA or AA or something, dating your sponsor is not a good idea. (laughs) Don't hook up with your sponsor. That's a huge no, no. (laughs) (laughs) That is a, I, I, yeah, yeah, that was a huge, and don't uh, go to bars. I mean, that, that, that was, well, yeah, Right. Yeah. No, you, if you're into bar, it's no. easier to say yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, oh. the no, whole overall, plane fire thing. Okay. We should yeah. talk about Mary. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now for those perhaps unfamiliar with the comics, um, she's really known as typhoid Mary. Uh, she is, uh, a comic book character, but obviously the show does some, some different things. Yeah. In the uh, comics, but she's been, is she a straight huh? villain in the comics? Yes. Yes. Because yes. in this, in the she's comics. more of just a straight mercenary. She yeah, works, she's she kind of like for whoever she doesn't care to do the job. Yeah. Um, in the comics, she's straight villain. She's actually a daredevil villain in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and she first showed up about 30 years ago. So she's she's well established. She doesn't show up a lot, but she is well established. Um, she's also she also has mutant abilities in the comics, mm-hmm. which 
obviously they don't want to go into on the on shows like this very often yet yet, yet exactly um but uh in the comics she's both telekinetic and pyrokinetic you know so she can move things and set them on fire that's always good for a crazy person uh, so, you lift the book yes, the she, bookshelf with your mind throw it catch that on fire and throw it at someone exactly pretty much um and she does have uh disassociative identity disorder aka multiple personalities uh in the comics and on the show there are potentially three of them um you have mary typhoid mary and the third one which is hinted at in the show and also just kind of hinted at in the comics because it doesn't go into it too much she's known as bloody mary um completely uh essentially sadistic rager that just kills everything exactly so it's a good it's a good thing she doesn't show up too often. <laughs> well, they really, did, they really didn't hint at that in the show. They showed it dead on when they show her in the battlefield and everybody's dead with the um, with basically been chopped well, to pieces. Well, it was it was hinting that there was another personality. Yeah. There. You never saw that personality. You saw the results that even the other two didn't realize were possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that's the interesting part that they changed from the comics because in the comics, her personalities, her personalities basically kind of know each other they don't they don't instruct each other but they know they're there okay um it's not a blackout sort of thing like she seems to have in the show um well but i think that makes for better writing and better storytelling if there's a blackout period that you have to explain to yourself also if i from what little psychology i know at all which i really don't know any but um, what little I've heard is people that do have this problem once in a while. I mean, it's very rare that people truly have this d- disorder. Um, right. I don't know. There's I've not heard of many at all. But um, that's if I remember, right, that's closer to actually the way it works is they have yeah. no idea that there's anybody else there. Yeah, it's kind of like a complete on and off switch. Like one turns off, the other's on. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't work in conjunction. So, it, yep. it, yeah, it makes more sense. Realistically speaking, um, the one thing I liked that they did in the show, although it doesn't have a direct relation to the movies is the fact that everything that happened uh, in the, the military portion of Mary's story was in Sokovia. Yes, that was interesting. So you did have, I, I don't know if it was Sokovia because they needed a location that was war torn mm-hmm. or, you know, eventually something more might come of it because nothing there's, there's really no direct connection between the the Avengers movie and this. Yeah. Um, well, aside from these, that location, all of these Netflix movies have had that little um, the same thing yeah. to do with the Marvel TV series is they have links that sh- show that this is all part of the same universe. Whether or not they affect each other is a totally different thing, but they are in the same world. Right. right. And it kind of shows you that other stuff was going on in Sokovia, not just what the Avengers dealt with. Yeah. Right. You know, there was there there were troops there. There was war. There was other stuff. I can't wait for another year or two when we start to see possible slight references to things that have happened in the X-Men movies if they decide to yeah. go that way. Exactly. And just little, they don't even have to link them together. Just a, a little nod here and there, just like a one-line drop and stuff like that. Right. And the, the good thing with, um, with Mary is, unlike some of the villains, they didn't kill her off. Mm-mm. And like you said, she wasn't completely villain. She's, she's no. obviously on the crazy side, uh, depending on her personality at the time. Um, but she was trying to do some good, but in the end, she didn't take the money from joy and was just like, you know, I'll come collect it at some point. I, I might need another favor. Yeah. She's on, right. she's <laughs> on the darker side of the gray where someone like a, um, yeah. like a punisher would be on the lighter side of the gray. Right. You know I mean? 
They're both doing right. really and bad things, but it's why are they doing it? She's not doing it to cause mayhem and to cause cr- do crimes or anything like that. She's just all about getting the cash and moving on. I mean, really, in a sense, she's a lot like Deadpool because um, he just he just primarily in a lot of cases just takes the contract and that's it. Right. Yeah. He'll, he does the contract and goes. That's it. Um, the interesting part was Kylan got so excited at one point when Mary was um, talking with Ward when they were going to move in on things near the near the ending, uh, the last few episodes. And she said she knew a guy in munitions. Kylan got excited that it might be Frank Castle. <laughs> See, no, no, no. For, well, I had made the mistake of checking out IMDb right before or at, during that episode ah. just to see if we were going to get any cameos anywhere. And right. so I knew who he was going to as soon as she said that. Well, yeah, and I, I had a feeling it wasn't going to be Frank. And then, of course, you get there and it's Turk. Yeah, well, I'm Frank. I'm like, he's in every series. He has to show up. That, and Frank doesn't <laughs> give away his guns. Exactly. Well, you know, but see, Frank, I, I figured if Frank needs to make money, and so he takes the no. guns that he gets from other uh, And there's people. no way Frank would work with her. There's no, no, no way. No, he wouldn't. That's true, he would Because yeah. she's, she's too much of a loose cannon just – from a psychological issue, and yeah, Frank's not going to go for that. Frank's, no, Frank can only right. deal with one loose cannon in his situation. Exactly, and that's himself. <laughs> another another character or characters um, that are based on comics that almost seem like they weren't because of how they fit into the show was the Crane Sisters. Yeah. Um, those, yeah. Ta- those tattoo artists. Now, uh, in the comics, they're actually known as the Crane Daughters, and they are directly from Kun Lun. They are, okay. They're okay. the daughters of the Crane mother, who is one of the leaders of Kun Lun. Right. But it's like she can create more when she needs to. They're, they're almost identical. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do actually have some powers and can transform into cranes in the comics. Oh. But they are, um, they are absolutely devoted to Davos. So mm-hmm. that, that part of it kind of fits the way he's, he finds them and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, although really in the show, they're only doing it for the money and they're not all that devoted considering they switch sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they're they're devoted to Davos to the extent of sacrificing themselves for him in the comics. So oh, okay. it, there's a, there's an interesting dynamic there. If you ever want to look them up, the, the crane daughters in, in the comics. Cause so they, what's they do the chances that um, they never gave her a name that I know of, but Davos's mom in this series was actually the crane mother. There is that possibility because yeah. she's a leader sure. of Kunlund. Yeah. Well, I but, mean, um, cause, yeah, because her husband was her husband was the the leader, the one in charge. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, she she could be the crane mother. I don't know what he was called, but um, but yeah. So in the sh- in the show, the the crane sisters don't actually have a connection to Kunlun in that yeah. way, but uh, that's where that came from. Uh, well, let's get into a little bit this whole um, idea of transferring the Iron Fist. Is this something that ever came out of the comics, or is this a hundred percent for this show? I be honest with you, uh, I've never known. Uh, from the stuff I read, every Iron Fist has to go had to go through the ritual and face off against okay. uh, Shao Lu. Uh, as far as being able to actually transfer it, I'll be honest with you, I'm not familiar with that. Uh, I couldn't find I any references that to it's it possible. either. I, huh? I couldn't find any references to it either. Like I, I do know that there is more than one. You know, it is possible for there to be multiple Iron Fists. You know, because they're and maybe that's maybe that's why they did this though, so that they can have, they can recognize from the comics there are multiple Iron Fists at the same time. Right. But they've also had that destruction of Kun Lun, so they can't have someone else battle and show up. Right. Right. And well, so, the interesting thing though, 
is um, by saying that, yeah, there has been multiple Iron Fists. You look in the um, movie or in the TV series and you see the multiple colors of the fist. It's interesting thinking that Danny being the yellow there could have actually been the balance the way it was supposed to be. Obviously, he had the true Iron Fist. When Davos gets it, he's got the red, which is which in this case could signify evil. And when Colleen finally gets it, it's pure white. Right. Where she, there, where do you see Davos and Colleen as the yin and yang, with Danny in the middle yeah. holding the balance? Right. That's true. Uh, well, you know, cause and it's it's one of those things that uh, I I've never known. Uh, I've never known, at least in, in, as far as I've read the Iron Fist books, for there to be a possibility of an Iron Fist to 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 pass on his power he's able to like some iron fists are able to channel their chi and like they're able to heal others they're able to heal themselves uh but to completely pass on that uh pass on the spirit of the dragon to someone else well, the whole idea of it even ripped out of him. Huh? To even have it right. just ripped out of him. Yeah. Well, right. also the whole idea of that you said about the healing factors and being able to channel your chi and stuff, that's something that actually is out of actual Chinese martial arts somewhat, isn't it? Where there there it are is. beliefs yes. there are beliefs in there in the spiritual side of the Japan, of the martial arts that you could actually channel your chi and use it in a healing form. It, it, it is. There's there's a belief that um Shaolin. You know, as far, uh, there there are trainings out there that um, if you're into that sort of thing, where you're able to focus your chi and you're able to uh, heal your body uh, in a uh, as opposed to in a, in a more efficient way as opposed to uh, relying on medicine. But at the same time, you know that your chi is also able to you're able to focus it to the point that you're able to uh, perform. Uh, like Danny is able to turn his fist into iron. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in the real world, you have things like Reiki, which deals with the body's energies. Yes. Yeah. And and, I, and I'll be honest with you. I, and Dawn witnessed this too. I watched my, I watched my Kung Fu master bend rebar pressed against his throat. Yeah. in the soft spot uh, in the soft spot, soft spots of his throat. I watched him, bend rebar like walk into it not not bend it around his neck but actually plant it plant it into the ground and walk into it and bend it and at the same time i watched him plant himself on one foot and me and three other guys push against him and i was the one for i was in front and it was like pushing against a brick wall i could not move him uh why it happened, I don't know. And I know some people, I, I, no, I would tell this story to some people, and they'll be like, oh, you're just imagining it. And I'm like. No, there's actually video proof of that. There's yeah. That. yeah. There's a, so, th- yeah. That's one thing, like everybody, um, traditionally in most of the world, everything's a science and everything, you can quantify everything. But there are, there are forces and things out there that are not quantifiable. There's a reason that they still exist. Yet. It's because science haven't caught up yet. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's not something and, we and can so, measure with current technology. Yeah, and so that that's one of, that's probably one of the things that one of the reasons why Iron Fist appeals to me is that there is all this fantastic stuff that that takes place uh, in Kunlun, and uh, these powers are given to um, the iron the holders of the Iron Fist. Are there is some basis in reality mm-hmm. for that? You know, so. And, and the show does a really good job of kind of melding 
the reality with the fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, and, that, and, and it I, doesn't go too far with the fantasy elements. No, no. Yeah. You know, like you don't you don't have like your crouching tiger, everyone flying through the air sort of stuff. No. Going no, on. No. Um, and you're you're willing to believe the force of this fist when it starts to glow. Right. And it, it's not it doesn't even seem over the top for someone to fly across the room or for it to break down a wall. It's, it, it, it's a realistic balance. Well, that's what was cool with what Netflix has done with these series is they started with Daredevil, which his are basically heightened senses, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. like superhuman strength and all this stuff that you had to deal with. So you learned that, um, okay, he has higher senses and and people got used to that. And then from there, they built onto Jessica Jones and let Mm -hmm. and realize that, oh, well, she's stronger. And it wasn't. Until you get like Danny, I think is the farthest out there when it comes to um, powers out of all the four. Of yeah. Hardest right. to believe because um, Luke Cage, he's got bulletproof skin, but that's it seems like, I don't know, it's weird to say it, but it almost seems more plausible than the whole uh, using energy to do this and that. And you know what I mean? Danny's well, just closer and, to and like magic. D- yeah, because Danny's is the only one that actually manifests itself in a different way mm-hmm. when he yeah. uses it. Right. You know, you actually notice it. Everyone else just kind of does their thing. They just fight. They just get hit, whatever. Right. Whereas his, you know, that glowing fist is kind of noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and this was an Iron Fist. And for, for all the haters out there, the thing is, Iron Fist was Marvel's first foray into magic and mysticism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how they that's how they dip their toe in the water to see how people would respond. And. Because uh, people largely responded positively to it, that's why we got Doctor Strange. True. You yeah. know, because otherwise, if, if no, otherwise people weren't willing to buy it, we wouldn't have a Doctor Strange movie or looking at a second mm-hmm. Doctor Strange movie for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we have to get into something more important out of this whole show, though. Right. Okay. The relationship between Colleen and Misty. Yes, finally. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. Hang on. before we get into that real quick, I do want to say um, one thing I got to give them kudos to is uh, we mentioned earlier about this happens all in the neighborhood. This the first show, I think part of the problem that some people may have had was it was a world hopping type show somewhat like it, Danny was right. still standing in Kunlund while he was in New York City trying to do these things. Right. This show was totally grounded in Chinatown. This was mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Just like um, Luke Cage is all Harlem, uh, right. Daredevil is all uh, all Hell's, Hell's Kitchen. Kitchen. Yeah. So it's like yeah, this, this had more of a sense of place for sure. Yeah, it did. So it wasn't like Danny's a fish out of water in this. He was actually he's a member of the right. community at this point. Right. And he's, that's and true. I, I think that's going to be get a lot more people accepted a lot more when yeah. it happens. Um, so yeah, let's okay. get into Nightwing. <laughs> Um, Colleen and Misty, this is, this is very important because honestly in Defenders, it felt like we were getting the beginnings of their relationship, but having watched Iron Fist season two, you realize that that was almost nothing compared to what they have now. Mm-hmm. Um, th- cause they really just had kind of met each other, um, right. there and didn't know each other. And in season two, they, they have a lot more reason to interact. They, Colleen readily gets in touch with Misty over police business. Like it's not one of those cases where in some of the other series, it's like, they don't want the police involved. They don't try and call anybody. They don't do, they actually get people involved this time, which makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And Colleen and Misty are kind of facing things from the same direction. 
uh, in the sense of they both have experience with the weird stuff going on. They both want their neighborhoods to be safe and friendly, and they both have the ability to actually do something about it. Mm-hmm. And they do something right without going against what would be best for the whole community and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and they recognize that in each other too. And I, I love the fact that you get to the point where basically Misty tells Colleen that like, she actually says, I barely know you, but I think this is the healthiest relationship I ever have. Like, it's just, and Colleen agrees, like for both of them, it's their healthiest relationship and they work so well together. And, you know, you see Misty fight on her own. You see Colleen fight on her own. And then you see you seeing them fight together just works so well and seeing yes. them come together like that. And when they start talking to each other about, you know, Misty talks to Colleen about you've got what it takes to be a detective. And Colleen is like, you've got what it takes to keep the streets safe. And, you know, maybe we could do something together. And mm-hmm. and um, and, you know, wing and night is a good combination. Mm-hmm. And they, they never get to actually call themselves Daughters of the Dragon, but it's yeah. there. Right. Well, the it's interesting really thing also is I, one thing we noticed when we were watching this is uh, Danny, whenever he was in a fight, you get one or two guys against him. Anybody else yeah. in the fights, he had one or two. Every time it seemed to see Colleen fight, there was like 15 people versus her. <laughs> yeah. Right. Colleen seriously kicks ass, like even more than in the first season. She does. She's she is pretty amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's I think that's one of the re- one of the reasons they do that is because of the transfer by the end. It shows you that she's yeah. worthy of that because of how many people she can take on just on her own. The parking lot scene alone. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the cool thing with it is um, showing how... Um, and at the, at the end, when she does finally take on the Iron Fist, it um, it's the one thing that um, they... Throughout literature and throughout basically the world, the one you want to be the leader, the one you want to have all the power and have the ability to do all this is the person that does not want it. Right. Right. If someone wants it, that well, that goes back to the addiction. Danny was doing yeah. everything to get the fist back. Davos right. wanted everything to get this fist, and they and you could see at the beginning when Danny did have the fist, what it was doing to him. Mm-hmm. Davos, the same thing. He was all about the power, and it was um, using it to kill everybody. Yeah. Colleen mm-hmm. is going to be totally different because she did not want this at all. She never wanted this. No, no, no. she didn't. She's and, reluctantly and accepted it. She she absolutely deserved it. She was the leader they needed, and. Like you said, the fact that she didn't want it makes her the better leader because she'll use it the right way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it comes down to the very end when she, when they finally had Davos on the ground and she finished getting the transfer of the dragon from him. He wanted her to kill him because that's all he was. Yeah. Right. And he wanted her to end it. He was like basically yelling at her to end it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, that, that doesn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So did it surprise you, though, that her hand glow is white? No, because white has always been associated with Colleen. Yeah. Okay. Like in the comics, she always wears white outfits. And like if you look I mean, at it, being a different color in general was a little surprising, but it made complete sense. Yeah. For the character. Well, we I want to learn more about her heritage. Yeah. I think I'm, that's where we're going for Iron Fist 3. Well, because I originally was saying that she's some kind of royalty. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she is. Mm-hmm. And then you see that she actually probably is. She's from and the it's, especially bloodline. like it, 
you kind of see it going there because, you know, she doesn't know who her mom is and it's all a mystery. It's one of those things they, they typically do in so many books right. when you have the orphan who doesn't know where they come from and then they find an, a little artifact from the family and it turns out they're royalty. Right. Yeah. So, it you know, it kind of goes in that direction. But um, the one thing is there have been female Iron Fists in the past. So the show didn't do that differently. Right. Um. So, you know, in the history of the Iron Fist in general, there have been women. But in the comics, Colleen has never been one of them. No. Okay. Uh, So that is different. Even as Daughters of the Dragon, Colleen is just her skilled self with Misty with the bionic arm. It's not that she doesn't have any special powers in that sense. Right. Well, with what I was saying earlier about possibly with the way the storylines intertwine and stuff, it was interesting that they actually wrapped up the A storyline before anything else. Like, it was within yeah. 10 yeah. minutes of that last episode. That was done and over. Davos is done. So the right. rest of the show mm-hmm. was actually wrapping up the other storylines, which obviously sets up what's coming soon. But it was interesting that the A storyline didn't get the um, upfront and center for that, sh- for that episode. When they wrapped it up, right. they wrapped it up and said it's done. And then you get then the really interesting stuff for that episode was all the other stuff that happened. Which I know generally when you think about it, it is all the stuff that happens afterwards mm-hmm. that that is the more interesting. And, yeah. I, and I'm glad that they devoted as much time. And, as the, and the thing that got that. me, like what what we're basically talking about is we've got the wrap up and then you get the a few months later. Yeah. Yeah. You get um, cowboy. Well, I'm game. saying even before that, the, the stuff with Ward. With, the, yeah, all that's stuff true. With Ward when, and all when, that was when before. Ward tries to stop Danny from getting on the plane. Mm-hmm. And all the stuff with him and, and his sponsored lady and all that. Yeah. Yeah. When when he realized what well, when he realizes he needs to change and he realizes he needs to find himself um, and then he's talking to Danny outside the plane and then in the plane and Danny's just like, well, I'm going to find myself, too. So, you know, you're coming along. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even give him a choice. He's like, OK, we're going. That's right. Um, which I thought was cool. It's, it's kind of like, come on, you 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 own a big company. It runs itself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but then, you know, um, when, when you first see, after a few months, when you first see Colleen again, um, after the guys, there's guys, uh, doing a bank robbery and she's basically doing the same thing Danny did at the beginning. She's in front of a car. Were you surprised to see she had her sword? No, not at all. Okay. Like once she had the iron fist, I knew that sword, the, the katana was back. Right. Like that, there was no question there. The, the part that got me was the fact that. Um, she was able to channel the fist through her sword so soon yeah. after getting that yeah. power because Danny hadn't even learned how to do that No, until you get that final scene. And Danny had, and he had it for, for years. years. <laughs> now, is that something out of the yeah. comics that you can actually transfer or channel the power? Yeah, you into? can yeah. channel things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. you can yeah. channel it like that. So the fact that Colleen did it after just a few months shows just how good she is at training and right. how, how much she devoted herself to learning this ability that she now had. Right. And, it's okay. her blood. and then, and then you go to Danny and Ward mm-hmm. in their little bar. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Well, like Vicky was saying, Vicky just said that um, it shows that this is her learning so fast, maybe because it is um, her family destiny to actually get the fist. Right. Yeah. And it, it, what, it's like in her what blood. Danny said in his letter that, you know, it wasn't his destiny. It was it was her destiny all along. Right. And they were meant to meet that way. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, then we get to and, Ward and Danny. And the end of that was a real surprise for me. 
I'm wondering if that really? wasn't possibly there the whole time, and Danny didn't realize that he still had the power. You didn't realize that he was a cowboy? Well, no, no, no. He did no, kind see, of have a Star Wars look thing to Okay, him. This, this relates directly to another Iron Fist, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, because see, yeah, now in the last, in series one, uh, when they were, I, 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 there was somebody that was lo- looking for, when they were trying to find find out about Danny, there was video from World War Two where you see a guy fighting. That was, and that's that was. That's where you saw the Iron Fist in the mask. In that's the where you saw the Iron Fist the in the mask. Okay. Okay, so and something in that uh, did did he have the guns in that one? No, he didn't have the. Guns okay, in that so one. anyway, that guy that you saw fighting in World War Two, fast forwarded and you go to se- season two. That is Orson Randall that they mentioned okay. in that final scene. Right now, Orson Randall, uh, he was he he was an Iron Fist. He had the ability to channel his chi to go through his guns, much like what you see Danny do uh, at the end of the show. Okay. It, it, that, well, that was straight up Orson Randall. Yeah, but the surprise for me did. was that Danny actually had the glowing fist, the uh, yeah. chi yeah. power. Well, see, that's the thing. I feel like that once you ha- once you have the soul, you can't lose it. Now, you may so, so he found may the glow be blocked again. from you. Like mm-hmm. it, it, he may have had a mental block, mm-hmm. but, but this, I mean, this is a few months later. They've already been traveling for a few months. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. We don't know what's happened within those few months. That's true. What he's come up against, who he's been able to meet and talk to, but they've been looking for this, th- this whole thing with the manifest and who sent that dead iron fist to Davos to begin with. Mm-hmm. That's what they're still looking for. And that's why the name, um, Randall got mentioned right. was because of that. And then at the end, when you see Danny um, shooting, that's a direct reference to Randall in the comics. Yeah. And I don't think, because Kylan wasn't sure if maybe he'd already, they'd already met Randall and they were looking for him again, mm-hmm. but I don't think they've met him at all. I no. think that was just the direct reference to those who know the comics to kind of say, yeah, you know, he's the gunfighter and we're still looking for him. Yeah, well, that, uh, that when, and- when Orson Randall, when he fought in World War II, that's how he fought. Yeah. He he had like double uh, 45s. I mean, of course, he used martial arts, of course, but he was also able to channel his chi. He was able to shoot chi bullets, basically. Well, Vicky but, thought but, for sure that um, Danny looked basically like a cowboy at that point, <laughs> pulling the guns, having no, the duster. Uh, I thought no, I thought uh, he actually had really resemblance. look like that anymore anyway. Yeah. Well, but I had uh, I thought he bared little resemblance. Something to of it looked like Star-Lord to me. I don't know if his way he pulled the guns because or of the coat. Yeah, because, because of the coat. coat more than anything. Yeah. yeah. But um, actually, we're getting the, the, real the close trench, to the end yeah. here, so we got to get ready to wrap this up. But what did you have? Good. I want a nap. Oh. <laughs> but um, I thought she's uh, she was trying to get in there on something, but um, but we got to get ready to wrap this up. That if they do a season three, which they probably will, this has got some very interesting ideas of where this is going to go. Well, I didn't, mm-hmm. I'm surprised we got this one because. You know, you have like a handful of fans that just didn't get it the first one in the first place. Yeah. It was once again the vocal minority that was screaming about it. And now you look at it, what they've done with it, and you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) And and the thing is, I think they likely have, they likely planned to have at least a second season of all of these from the get-go, regardless about how people reacted to them because of the stories they've wanted to tell and the, the other stories they've wanted to develop through each show that one show has to have part of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, because really you can't watch iron fist season two 
without seeing the first season and Defenders and Luke Cage to right. know what's going on with Misty. Right. And see Danny pop up in it a couple times. Like, you have to watch all of those to actually be able to fully understand what's going on in mm-hmm. Iron Fist Season 2. Right. Yeah. Well, so, as usual, Marvel does a good job of tying them all together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially the, the Netflix stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. And uh, I know this one for me was, I enjoyed it much more than the first season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but- I enjoyed it more in the sense, like, I liked the first season just because of how the story developed. I liked this the second season here because of the tighter connected storylines and just the amount of action and seeing everyone in action. Yeah. Well, that was the cool thing right. too in this one. The um, There was probably as much fighting as the other series, but the other series felt like the series was there to um, service the fighting. Kind of. Yeah. Right. This one, the fighting was there, but it just basically helped move the story along. It was the, the, the story was not about the Kung Fu and the fighting. Right. Right. It fit together much better. Mm hmm. So whatever and, they did to change it, I, I approve. Yeah. And and for, for anyone watching the binging this on Netflix and the fact that Netflix likes to skip the end credits on the last episode, make sure you watch all the end credits because you get your little teaser for the next season of Daredevil. Yes. I saw that. And if I remember, and, if I, wasn't that actually a scene from Daredevil season three, though? Yeah, the next season. That's what yeah. I said. I thought season three was already out. No. no. That's the oh, next okay. <laughs> okay. Season, season it, three is out in is uh, did they say November December November December yeah something like that okay so it'll be interesting yeah. to see where we go because that's the obviously the longest we've had a show is into the third season yes that's mm. true and obviously so. and and based on that little teaser Matt's going very dark yeah well, yeah <laughs> so do we have anything else Vicky did you have anything else on Iron Fist season two no we- I I mean I like seeing as a lot uh, they showed more, with more Colleen I liked. Seeing more yeah. of her character myself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Overall, was just creepy. It, uh, she was a good character well, from women. season one Mary. anyway, that you've mm-hmm. got very little of and just getting so much. And obviously by the time you get to the end and find out that she's the Iron Fist, mm-hmm. then it's kind of like, okay, this, this was a really good season. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I don't know. You guys got anything else to wrap this up? Oh, no, we're good. No, I'd absolutely good. watch it though. Okay. Well, for, um, well, guys out there, geeksters, let us know what you thought about Iron Fist. All of us enjoyed it, season two. Let us know. Did you like it better than season one? I don't I don't know. Let us, uh, you can get a hold of us, though. Uh, hang on. You don't have it memorized? Well, yeah, but there we go. <laughs> I have the technology. I'm going to use it. But, yeah, like I said, Geeksters, if you enjoyed Iron Fist Season 2 or if you didn't or if we're totally off the mark, let us know. You can um, get a hold of us at geekwatch1 at gmail.com. You can um, find us on all social media. Geekwatch1, if you put Geekwatch1 into a search bar and don't find us, let us know. Miss Dawn will take care of the problem. I have my own fist. That's right. Mm -hmm. You can also email us, geekwatch1 at gmail.com. We are also members of the Tangibound and the uh, Weeby Geeks Networks, tangiboundnetwork.com and weebygeekspc.com. Um, and before I wrap this up, remember, come check us out this Saturday and Sunday at um, the Derby Downs in Akron, Ohio for Odd Mall Rubber City Rumpus. We will have uh, racing soapbox derbies down the uh, hill. There's an eyeball race on the hill. We have all of the costume contests, the pet costume contests. The, there will be a huge car show. Come check it out. It's a great time that is free to get in. There's a donation if you want to drop. If you want to drop a couple of bucks, that's fine. If not, it's no worry. Come hang out. Have a good time with us. 
So other than that, for Dawn and Kylan and Vicky and myself, just remember. No matter where you go, there you are.